Hello everybody and welcome to a live recording of the podcast called What to Watch on Netflix. My name is Jed Shepherd and my co-host today is... Rhea Fend. Thanks for coming guys. We've got some great guests. One's not here, so we've got two great replacements. We've got author Jason Arnott. And we've got Wednesday 13 from the Murder Dolls, which is great. Um, and if you haven't heard this podcast before, basically, it's kind of a film and TV recommendation podcast uh, to take the kind of pain out of flicking through and watching and uh, picking things. The one connection we all have today is our love of horror. So everybody here loves horror. And we're going to talk about early influences of horror and the stuff that we like watching now as well. Um, let's start with you. Wednesday 13. Oh, is it on? Hello. Oh, it does work. Now. Hello. All right. uh, Wednesday 13. How are you? Thank you for being here, by the way. Thank you for having me. Um, let's just talk about your early influences of horror. Obviously, it influences your music uh, quite a lot. Um, what were the first kind of steps towards your love of the genre? For me, it started when I was a little kid. Like, I pretty much lived in front of a television. When I was, like, four, I remember watching The Monsters and Adam's Family along with Bugs Bunny and everything <laughs> else. So it just kind of became a normal thing. And then uh, when I started playing music, I just basically went, all right, what am I going to sing about? What do I know? Horror movies, cartoons, and that's here I am. So. so the name Wednesday 13 was from a mixture of The Monsters and Adam's Family. Is that, that is correct, correct. yes. And what was it about um, um, like the Monsters and the Adams Family that made you want to kind of take up that moniker? Is it the kind of fact that it was horror um, during the day broadcast to the masses? I don't know. I think, I think the reason I like the Monsters and Adams, they just they had the sense of humor, but it wasn't so serious. You know, yeah. I've never ever taken myself so serious. I don't I don't dress like this all the time, believe it or not. <laughs> I don't wake up looking like this. I wish I could, but I can't. So. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, I just, I just don't take it too serious. It's just I have fun with it. So uh, I kind of compare myself to Beetlejuice. He's sort of... Nice. He's kind of... So if I say Wednesday 13 three times, you can appear? Possibly. Or Excellent. disappear. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, just um, on to Jason. Jason, where did your love for horror come into it? Because you're, you're, you've got a book out at the moment uh, called The Last Days of Jack Sparks. That's right, The Last Days of Jack Sparks. Excellent. Um, and I've been doing a little bit of research about it. It looks incredible. I haven't read it, but it does look incredible. Um, can you give us a brief outline of what the book's about? Yeah, The Last Days of Jack Sparks is about a really arrogant social media celebrity who sets out to uh, debunk the supernatural and then ends up dead. And uh, don't worry, that's not a spoiler because it's in the title. Uh, and on, you know, in the first sentence as well. So that's uh, basically what it's about. And who's it based on? It's not based on Joe Pasquale, who is about to arrive at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jack Sparks, being a very ego-driven individual, is just based on the worst sides of all of us, especially, you know, all of us who are hooked on social media. Yeah, he represents our worst impulses and, uh, yeah, retweet hunger. I've, I've heard that this book is genuinely terrifying and creeps a lot of people out. What is it about um, the book that you think is so terrifying? Is it possession themes? Yeah, I mean, people are probably a, bit, a little bit scared uh, the, by the fact that Jack Sparks does reflect the worst sides of us, but it, it, early on in the book, he goes to an exorcism and uh, just thinks it's all fake and uh, mocks it, and he laughs during the exorcism, and then he gets followed around the planet by a scary, possessed girl. And that's, uh, yeah, people tend to get creeped out by that aspect. Uh, and the great thing about uh, that particular book is it's currently been optioned by Ron Howard, is that right? 
Yeah, Ron Howard has amazingly optioned the book and, uh, and given me a chance to write the screenplay. So I'm working on that. And as you can imagine, it's equally fantastic and terrifying <laughs> to be doing that. So what, what were your early influences? Um, like Wednesday 13, was it the kind of, the, kind of the mass horror, the, the, the stuff that people watched on a Saturday morning, or was it more the kind of Hammer films and things like that? Well, talking of Hammer, yeah, the, the TV series, The Hammer House of Horror, which just came out, just got re-released, actually. Okay. That TV series, The Hammer House of Horror, was amazing. For a TV series, really scary. But, you know, I kind of, it may shock you, but I'm, I am old enough to remember the 80s and that whole sort of video era. <laughs> and, uh, and so stuff like, you know, that classic 80s stuff is formative to me, like The Evil Dead and The Thing. Those two films are my favorite horror movies. Excellent. And they kind of can't help but inform everything you do when you've been... Original thing or the remake? That's, that's a good question. Yes. John Carpenter's. Yes. As much as I respect, you know, the yeah. original. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've got, we're in a kind of a time where there's a lot of horror remakes, um, which are mostly terrible, but that was the one horror remake that actually surpassed the original, I thought. So, Wednesday 13, are there any particular films out there at the moment that kind of inspire you to write? Oh, so many. Uh... Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1 and 2 are my favorite films of all time. 1 and, and 2. 1 and 2. Keep them Amazing. together. They're like twins to me. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I, do, I do like 2. Dennis Hopper is insane. As, as, he, as he always is, but um, in that film he in particular... He was really weird in that. It's <laughs> even better, so... I would like to put a question to both of you. What was the first ever horror movie that you watched? First horror movie I ever watched, I believe, was The Creature from the Black Lagoon in 3D when I was like five or six. Ah. They, uh, they had this, uh, it's a weekend uh, thing. They had like three black and white movies, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it was, uh, I believe it was Creature from the Black Lagoon, maybe The Ape Man with Bela Lugosi, and there was another one too, I can't remember. And if you went to like the local convenience store, you got like a Slurpee slushy drink <laughs> for like 25 cents and got 3D glasses. And my family sat down in front of the TV, and I was so little, it wouldn't even, they wouldn't even on my head my dad had to put like a rubber band around it so it would strap on my head so I could watch it but uh it was amazing I was just I was just totally soaked into it the creature from the black lagoon is your phone case isn't it yeah yeah I, yeah, I recently probably. saw the creature from the black lagoon again in 3d out in LA and my eyes hurt afterwards it was it was as a little kid I probably didn't notice it but now as I'm older it, it's really bad to watch movies like that in 3d and um, Jason what was your first horror movie the first horror movie that had a really big effect on me was uh, probably Salem's Lot, which was like a TV miniseries. Yeah. And it had an effect on me in terms of scaring the living crap out of me. <laughs> and uh, especially like, you know, the vampire kid floating eerily through the fog to someone's window <laughs> and just scratching to be let in. I literally, as a kid, I couldn't sleep with the curtains open for months. And, you know, <laughs> still probably still think about it every time I see an open window, especially when it's foggy. My, my experience with Salem's Lot is when I was little, my dad said, you can watch any horror film you want except for Salem's Lot because it's too scary so obviously that made me want to watch it even more um, and I used to tell my friends oh yeah I've seen Salem's Lot you guys haven't it's really scary and I made up my whole uh, um, a completely new narrative to it and pretended I watched it because back in, in, in those days when I was in school horror was still kind of a um, made you a bit of an outcast um, but I feel like now horror has become a, a lot more mainstream. People embrace it more. All the kind of big Hollywood blockbusters are, are horror films. Um, so, Jason, do you feel like um, because your book is horror tinged, it kind of led to a more an easier route into be, it being made into a film? 
I guess so, yeah. There's an interesting difference between horror, you know, the perception of horror in film and in books. You know, in, in the movies, horror is rightly seen as this kind of evergreen genre, uh, and it's fine, and people make, you know, hundreds of horror movies a year, whereas in books, in publishing, for some reason, horror is like the genre that dare not speak its name. Yeah. You have to kind of describe it in different terms. You have to, like, dress it up as a supernatural thriller. So I tell people The Last Days of Jack Sparks is a horror novel, and if they don't like that, I tell them it's a supernatural chiller, and if they don't like that, I say it's dark fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Wednesday Thursday, do you find that the kind of, maybe in the last five, ten years, the kind of um, re-emergence of horror as a legitimate genre, and not, I mean, the 90s almost kind of killed horror, I I think. Some real terrible movies, uh, real straight to VHS terrible movies. Um, But from now, there's a, a massive renaissance, and not just in the kind of films that are hit in the box office, but um, in general, uh, the more horror websites, more horror-themed bands. Do you feel like the the kind of popularity has filtered down to other kind of formats, such as books and music? Do you, are you seeing that a bit more? Oh yeah, it seems like ever since Walking Dead came out, it's just like everything's horror and zombies. Like I couldn't yeah. even imagine being a little kid seeing Walking Dead on TV. Like, yeah. I would be like, no yeah. way, you know, it's blue. Uh, so yeah, it's just a uh, horror has just came like it's full stream now. It's just, uh, it's, it's everywhere, you know? So, and, so I guess uh, I picked a good thing to get into at an early age. So yeah. now it's just people can catch up with what I'm doing. So, you know. <laughs> and you've got, uh, is this your seventh album? That you've got? Seventh is Wednesday 13, yes. Yeah. But I don't even know how many records I have out. I'd have to Google it myself. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's amazing. And did your tour experiences with Alice Cooper shape um, any of the work that you do now? He must have been really interesting to tour with. Alice Cooper? Oh, yeah. He's my biggest influence as far as music and what I do. I blame the way I look on him. <laughs> and uh, But no, it's, uh, he's one of my biggest influences. And uh, just, uh, we've been able to tour with him over the years, became friends with him. So it's a pretty pretty cool thing. You yeah. know? So he, in my mind, it's, it's the whole reason I did horror is because when I saw Alice Cooper, you know, I remember my sitting in front of the TV, like I said, I was watching Monsters and Bugs Bunny, and then my parents was watching the, the nightly news, and there was a commercial came on for Alice Cooper, and, like, and it was like 1984, and it was like, the Nightmare Returns tour, Alice Cooper, and I was like, what is this? And I see him like being electrocuted, being, a, you know, the guillotine, everything, and looking back at my mom, and I'm like, who is she? And she was like, oh, that's, he's a devil worshiper, he bites the heads off chickens and snakes, and I'm like, I want mm. some of that, yeah. <laughs> okay. So I called up my friend, and I'm like, you ever heard of this Alice Cooper? And he's like, yeah, my uncle has all the cassettes. And I'm like, all right, can spend the night this weekend, bring all the cassettes over, my parents go to sleep, we'll sit in the dark and listen to Alice Cooper. And it was terrifying. It scared me to death. My parents, you know, they, they hated it. And uh, so that was my first little induction to it. So it was almost like listening to a horror movie thing. So you know, and when, was... you were, when you were on tour with him, obviously his stage shows are legendary, and he's actually playing Wembley in a couple of weeks. Um, were there any kind of stories that were kind of horrific behind the scenes? Or <laughs> no, not really. Alice is—he just appears. Like he just—you don't even see him during the day. He just appears before the show and he like disappears. He's like a That's sort right. of vampire. He can't be seen in daylight, of course. Yeah, yeah. but uh, no, nothing, nothing, nothing too strange with him that I can think of. That I, <laughs> I remember on tour exactly. But uh, I'm sure he's got a million crazy stories. But 
So for, for your stage shows, do you kind of employ some of the same kind of um, showmanship as Alice does? 100%. I, yeah. I say I what rip him of, off as good as I can. Yeah. Um, what kind of stuff? Just, just the way he does his show. It's more of just a, it's a theater thing. It's like uh, it doesn't rely on video screens and everything. Like he performs every act of it, you know, and uh, I just found that really cool. Like a lot of bands rely on like video screens and things like that. I just, I don't know, it's just more of a, more of a show when he can go on stage and electrocute himself or hang himself or, you know, so uh, it's just a lot more, more fun for me. So. <laughs> and like we watched, uh, myself and Ray, uh, this morning we watched some of your uh, more recent videos uh, for off your, off your new album. Um, they were great. Um, who, 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 have, you, have, you seen, have you seen it yourself? Oh yeah, absolutely. I particularly like the song Cadaverous, I was just saying before we came on stage. Yeah. Cadaverous is great. Yeah, we just filmed a video for that uh, a few weeks ago for the for the tour started, and um, it was really goofy and funny as it looks. I mean, we uh, filmed it all on green screen, and we just really tried to do like the old Monsters Adams Family thing. Yeah. We had rubber bats hanging from from fishing line. <laughs> Mummies walking past. Yeah, it was, just, uh, it was just you know, and it, we had a lot of fun doing it, and it was it was it was cool, and it turned out exactly how, how I wanted it. So. Yeah. So do you find like is those um, movies and, and, and yourself, Jason, um, are you big fans of those movies, those original horror movies that kind of started all like uh, the Bela Lugosi ones uh, from like the 1930s um, and all, all of the kind of universal classic monsters? Half of them are on Rhea's dress right now. <laughs> I have them on my arms, if you can see, but I have I'm covered in tattoos of all, all of these people. So <laughs> nice. I think I have every genre of horror on me almost. So. <laughs> um, do, you, do you kind of um, enjoy them as much as more recent horror movies? I, I do. I mean, uh, they're, they're the classic. People ask me all the time, like, what's your favorite? And I'm like, I, I break it in the genres, you know. Okay, like, The classics, you know, you have, you know, Dracula. I mean, the originals are all, I really can't even pick a favorite. Um, yeah. And then when you get into the 70s, you've got Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the I Spit on Your Grave and all those yeah. really just weird, like, those first movies I ever saw that made me feel uneasy. Yeah. I'm like, what am I watching? This is... Uh, <laughs> You know, and then you get into the 80s, the slasher stuff with, uh, you know, Michael Myers and Freddy and Jason and all yeah. that stuff. So it's just, I like all the, all the stuff. I just can't really pick a favorite genre because they're all special to me in different ways. Nice. Is there a particular franchise that you guys uh, love? Because this is a kind of a film and TV recommendation podcast. So is there a particular franchise? If, if people are not into horror and they want to kind of dip in after hearing you guys, what franchise should they kind of start with? My, my kind of like guess would be the first Saw movie because if you if you watch the first Saw movie I mean the rest are pretty trash but the first one's great um, um, it's a real original concept but is there a particular franchise you think people there's, there's so many movies that started off in that is got bought by other companies like like the original Halloween was the first two were great and then yeah. they went to part three that had nothing to do with Michael Myers even <laughs> yeah. though I enjoyed it it was really weird yeah and I then, enjoyed it as well and then part four and five they came up with a whole new story which I was all into and then they give it away to Busta Rhymes the rapper and ruin it and, oh, it's, true, yeah. and it's just so uh, so, so it had its moments and it just you know so uh, I don't know I, Nightmare on Elm Street is a good one to start with I think the first four of those are amazing yeah I mean part three Dream Warriors is one of the greatest movies of all time and I think yeah. a group of kids in a mental asylum fighting Freddy yeah. I'm a big fan of the Friday the 13th movies yeah. I, guess I can someone... see by your ring here is that yeah I've got a Jason Voorhees wow. ring on there I don't know if you can nice. see that uh, nice but uh, I don't know if someone was trying to watch those movies as a primer, then they might be a bit confused that, you know, Jason's mask doesn't turn up till like part three. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He has a sack on his head for the first and then uh, part threes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The killer elephant yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't know. As a, 
if you're talking about a contemporary series, I mean, I really like the paranormal activity movies, you know. I think they'd be good for someone arriving at horror. Yeah. And they kind of polarise people a little bit like the Blair Witch Project, but parts one and especially three are great. I think part three was fantastic. Genuinely scary. I mean, yeah, they're very scary. I think paranormal activity has a lot to... Thank uh, Ghostwatch for. Uh, you have, are you aware of Ghostwatch? Wednesday 13th. It might be a very British thing, but it was a, a 1992 fake British uh, BBC documentary about a haunted house that went live on Halloween. Kind of like a War of the Worlds thing. Um, thoroughly recommend it if you haven't seen Ghostwatch, guys. You can see it on YouTube. Um, and it just scared the country. And uh, you wouldn't think that the BBC would do something like that, but apparently someone committed suicide while watching it. It was all kinds of uh, backlash. Um, it must yeah. have influenced a lot of fan footage, much like a lot of the video nasties of cannibal movies from back in the 80s as well. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I do think... I think the, Blair, the guys who did Blair Witch said they looked at that when they were making Blair Witch, and also the Paran- Paranormal Activities movies are pretty much ghost watch, the same as um, all the kind of Conjuring movies as well. Are you a fan of uh, the kind of the James one? kind of, uh, and Blumhouse's kind of takeover of horror with The Conjuring and uh, Annabelle and all those movies. Insidious. I really like, I mean, I I like them, I like all the ones I've seen. I really like, especially like Insidious, because that's got some great moments in. Especially there's, there's, uh, in Insidious, there's something you very rarely see in a horror movie. There's like a, a jump scare, but without like, it's just so subtle. It's almost in the corner of the screen. Someone's walking along a corridor, and you just see something. And it, they don't even advertise it with a musical sting. It's the kind of thing you like yeah. rewind on Blu-ray to see. But uh, yeah, Insidious is great, and there's plenty of other good stuff. I mean, I mean, that's the um, my kind of pet peeve about movies in general, horror movies specifically, is jump scares where you haven't earned the scare. Where I, I feel like in the films from the 70s, like the like Suspiria and films films like that. They, you earn the scare because there's a kind of a there's tension. It's not just all about quite, quite, quite loud. Because anyone can get scared from that. That's not a proper horror movie. And I feel like sometimes in those James Wan films, um, they rely on kind of sound too much um, and not the, the psychological fear. Um, have you guys seen uh, the film Lake Mungo, by any chance? Lake Mungo? Lake Mungo, yeah. It's a little bit like uh, Paranormal Activity um, and and Ghostwatch about a family whose daughter's died. And it's like a documentary about how they're handling the grief. Um, And you see on their kind of, on their photographs of their daughters, you see something in the background. um, And throughout the course of the film, their daughter's coming back from the dead through like the media that they're showing. So it's real creepy. Yeah, but I think Tom Cruise has bought the rights to it, so that's going to be ruined soon. Because um, it was a Canadian film originally, and I think he wants to Tom Cruise it up. Um. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Um, <laughs> let's talk about it, because it is one of the highest grossing horror movies um, of all time, and it's, it was out this year. Have, have you seen it? Yes, I saw it uh, the opening weekend. So uh, it was, uh, again, I, w- I was a fan of the, the first one. It was, uh, there was some definitely some creepy stuff in it, different than the original. And uh, again, it's just, I, I thought it was a really cool remake. It was exactly what I hoped it would be. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, to my shame. <laughs> well, I think it's, it is worth watching. I mean, there is a little bit of a kind of a, I mean, everybody loves it, but there was a little bit of a backlash because people don't like the idea that horror is doing so well, so they're not calling it a horror movie, they're calling it like a suspense movie or something, but it is a balls out 
horror movie um, and I think that with Stranger Things, the kind of like the nostalgia porn effect, it's making everybody get into this kind of thing and it came along at the right time and I think it's great for the genre because it's pulled people in who don't usually like horror into it, which is good for horror writers, horror performers and I, I do horror myself as well, I write horror. Um, it's like a gateway drug, isn't it? It really is. It's like the marijuana of horror movies. <laughs> it really is, yeah. And I think Stranger Things to, to some kind of level is as well. Have you guys obviously seen Stranger Things? Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It is I've, incredible. We have the new ones on the bus. Um, as soon as we're done the night, we'll start watching it. So uh, I've been here all weekend, so I haven't watched it yet, but I am going to blitz it as soon as I get a chance. But I think Stranger Things is also like a gateway drug to horror because you watch it thinking it's a kind of like a a crime story, a true crime story or something like that about a kid going missing. But again, it is a backdoor horror movie um, and they don't pull any punches with the scares as well. Um, you guys seen Stranger Things? Have you seen part two? Two episodes, that's, that's more than I have. Because this show isn't just about um, Netflix, it's about all streaming platforms. So you've got a lot out there at the moment. You've got Amazon, you've got Shudder. Um, do you guys um, look at Shudder? Or do you guys kind of subscribe to Shudder? Which is a specific horror streaming site. It is brilliant. And it's really curated. It's curated by people who love horror. And it's just all the best films. And they, and they kind of categorize it into subgenres. So you've got like, you haven't just got zombie movies. You've got like fast zombie movies. You've got kind of like um, all, all the different kinds. And you've got like um, Spanish vampires, for instance. Or you've got like lesbian vampires. And they just categorize it so well. Pretty much if you go on there and you get a free month trial guys so if you want to check it out you can watch it for free it's really really good i saw the horror channel on the on the, the tv last channel. night yeah 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 what is this it's great yeah my buddy valentine the original was on like last the original night. yeah oh, like yeah. 2 a.m it was pretty cool it's brilliant um the remake was okay as well if you I thought the remake 3D. was amazing because it was yeah. in 3d and it was the best 3d movie i've seen since yeah the 3ds came out like it was amazing like it was perfect for that everything else i've seen i've seen fright night in 3d <laughs> Awful. But uh, that was awesome. The axe, it was perfect. It was the best 3D movie I've seen. So. Um, I watched Terminator 2 3D. Um, myself and Ray watched Terminator 2 3D uh, not so long ago. And you, you would think, can this be improved? Or can they kind of go back and, and change Terminator to make it fit for 3D kind of format? But I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, it was awesome. It was really, it was really awesome. good. Um, and is there any kind of um, horror films that you would like to see out there? Any kind of franchises you want to see, or films you want to see remade or, or kind of brought back or sequels? I must admit, it's very rare that I see an old horror movie and think, oh, that really needs to be remade. <laughs> Especially if it's great, you know. They're remaking The Exorcist and, I don't know, who knows? I'm always ready to give it a chance. But it's, uh, yeah, you don't often think that's ripe for a remaking. Yeah, they haven't remade The Exorcist. That's pretty strange. Well, they've, that would be they've a... kind of done it in TV show format. Right. There's The Exorcist TV show right now, which is almost like a sequel. Yeah, so it kind of follows on from the from the events. So, um, Jason, you you write a lot of books. Are you writing it for the sole purpose of it being made into a movie? Is that in your mind at all when you, when you start writing? Well, when I'm writing a book. Yeah. Do you feel like oh, this would make a good film? So you kind of write it almost like in a screenplay format in in your head. Uh, no, uh, you know, that would be probably a bit too cynical, but, <laughs> but I guess I sort of write, I tend to write cinematically anyway, because I was kind of raised on movies, probably a little bit more than books, so when I'm yeah. writing, uh, I tend to think in terms of cinematic kind of, I don't know, cinematic set pieces almost, which then happily makes it easier if I'm then adapting it into a movie. 
Yeah. You have um, history writing for Doctor Who. Um, wow. How much of that um, do you feel was like the horror influence and um, what's the balance of writing for Doctor Who in terms of putting horror in there? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Uh, I've always seen Doctor Who as uh, a horror show. You know, most people think of it as sci-fi, but when I was a kid, I mean, that's another formative thing, you know, Doctor Who. Doctor Who was actually solely responsible for getting me into horror because I was like wow. four watching robot mummies on the rampage, you know, similar <laughs> to Mr. 13 here. And, uh, yeah, it just got me into horror and, you know... It was the Stranger from... Things of its day, the gateway drug for, for a lot of people from, from every generation, I find. Um, Absolutely. Doctor Who's just basically all about people dying. That's basically all Doctor Who's about, yeah. <laughs> with a side order of time travel. <laughs> I wanted to ask Wednesday, do you ever see yourself acting in a horror movie yourself? No. Really? Oh, I, I suck at acting. <laughs> really? I, I think I do. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I would be interested in, in doing a film, but I don't really have any desire to be in it, unless I was just killed instantly or something <laughs> like that. I mean, sweep by like a little broom or something, just sweeping in a movie, just a small cameo. <laughs> what do you think of musicians who kind of go on to, for, for instance, Rob Zombie? He's obviously the kind of template for musicians that have gone on to make a successful career in films, um, what do you think of the movies that he's done? I think Rob's great. Uh, Devil's Rejects. He made some really cool characters. I think yeah. Captain Spaulding bringing Sid Haig back was, you know, yeah. last thing he was in was Jackie Brown with uh, with uh, Quentin Tarantino. But before that, he was in Spider Baby and a bunch of old yeah. movies like that. But uh, just that character, Captain Spaulding, could be a movie itself. And I, I recently heard Rob's making a sequel to Devil's Rejects. Yes, I read so, that. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, I don't know I, how we can do it because they all died at the end. I don't know how that's going to happen, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Spoilers. <I'll watch> it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I'm a big fan of um, of his Halloween remakes, and I, I know a lot of people aren't a big fan of his remakes. But I thought Hallow um, Rob Zombie's Halloween One and Two were were great. Kind of, um, I mean, obviously he used the, the template that came before, but I, th I thought he kind of went off in a really good in direction and just stuck his wife in a few scenes where she wasn't needed. But we'll we'll see what happens. Again, they're they're awesome characters, so maybe they'll do a prequel or. I I don't know what it'll be. Oh, that's we'll, yeah, that's yeah. true. You could do a prequel. Um, it'd be interesting if each of the three films was kind of a different subgenre because the first two films are very different, aren't they? It's like the first are, one's yeah. House of a Thousand Corpses is very supernatural in tone and kind of more fantastic. The second one's more grounded, so it'll be interesting to see whether the third one's halfway between the two or something completely different. Yeah, as long as it's not anything like that film 31 that came out last year. Did you watch that? I didn't see it, no. Yeah, I thought it had its moments. Oh, I thought it was... That Nazi dwarf running around punching people, that was... <laughs> it's not as highly rated, but I still thought it had its place. Yeah. <laughs> Even the Nazi dwarf? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not too sure. Um, it's got clowns and chainsaws in it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but talking of remakes, they're also remaking Halloween. Um, um, and... I'm, I, I don't think you should remake that again. It's already been kind of done once. But isn't John Carpenter remaking it, though? He's producing or it. something like that, right? Yeah. And um, who's writing it again? It's the guy from... Um, that comedian guy. So I've got... I'm really sceptical about it. And, I mean, I love John Carpenter for the stuff he's done in the past. But I think recently... I mean, he hasn't done that much. But what he has done, like The Ward, I thought that was a parody of his own films. 
I wasn't really kind of happy with that. I mean, all of these kind of great horror directors um, that we loved throughout our youth from the 70s and the 80s, um, unfortunately, they're all kind of dropping one by one, so there's not many classic directors out there. Is there a particular director that you guys, you see his name on a film, and then you want to go and watch it straight away? Wes Craven? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's another... Anything he used to do, his name on it, I would watch it. You know, it just, yeah. you always knew it was something good. Sometimes it wasn't so good, but <laughs> yeah. for the most part, I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. And yourself, Jason, is there any particular director that you kind of follow? Besides Ron Howard, because, but you're very biased if you say that. <laughs> I was going to say John Carpenter, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> the thing, uh, I don't know. I mean, I love, the, I love the whole Evil Dead universe, and I know Sam Raimi hasn't stayed with the TV series Ash vs. Evil Dead, but... Yeah. All My Christmases came at once when Ash vs. Evil Dead hit the screen. I love it. It's gory as hell, and it really yeah. doesn't pull any punches. It's literally blood is dripping down the screen. Yeah. I just, just think it's great. I really like the way that Ash vs. Evil Dead kind of caters for fans of all three of the films, because they're all so different. Actually, there's not so much of the third film, but, you know, there's, the, there's actually the intensity of the first film and, and also the, the wacky comedy of yeah. the second. Yeah, yeah. My, my favourite Evil Dead film is probably Army of Darkness, and I know that's kind of sacrilege to say that because everyone thinks it's Evil Dead too. But I thought Army of Darkness had the right balance of comedy and humour and just a great story. Yeah. Um, and I think Bruce Campbell's one of the most underrated, underused actors of our time. He could have been as big as, as anyone if someone gave him a chance. He could be Tom Cruise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm waiting for Tom Cruise's remake of uh, The Evil Dead. <laughs> Well, recently I'm loving David Lynch's work. I don't know if you've seen the, the latest Twin Peaks series. I have not seen the latest one. I've, I've been touring too much this year to see anything, <laughs> yeah. it feels like. So I, when I get home from this tour, I've let us, I'm going to be catching up on that. And if I don't see Stranger Things on this tour, I will see that when I get home as well. So yeah. So yeah I'd... I need to catch up on series two of Twin Peaks. So I'm really way behind. But I did see a really good... Uh, a new David Lynch documentary called The Art Life, which okay. uh, oh, I've been yeah, it's to really watch good. Since, yeah. That documentary is fundamentally him pottering around his house now in his old age, smoking his face off and painting the most deranged paintings you can possibly imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, it's, and he's talking about his early life and career as well. But it's just kind of mesmerising to watch him pottering around and doing what he calls his art life. You know, it's great. <laughs> what, was the, what was the last movie that he did? Was it like... It's like Inland Empire. Okay. Was that the last one? I think. That could be right, yeah. I thought uh, Lost Highway was the last one I saw was that he did. Yeah. That was so long ago, but that was such a weird movie. Yeah. So Good movie. Weird, great movie. Yeah. But but, I, mean, I don't know if I understand what was going on, <laughs> but I still like it. I mean, this new series of Twin Peaks is like, uh, like a... 18-hour uh, David Lynch film because it was very, very cinematic. He got to do everything he wants. It's mental as hell. Um, so dark. It's really dark. Yeah, and, and the great thing about the new Twin Peaks is it's not just in Twin Peaks. He explores other areas because sometimes with Twin Peaks you've got nothing to compare it against so you've got this kind of weird little kind of universe with nothing to kind of uh, yeah, compare it again. So, but you see other cities, you see Vegas, you see LA, and then you kind of realize when it comes back to Twin Peaks just how messed up that place is and how quirky and weird the characters are. And it's, it's horrifying, the, um, the series. It's great, but there are some real scary moments. And I'm very desensitized to horror, but I found myself going, whoa, that's for a TV show, that's very strong. I'm in, I'm sold. <laughs> yeah. Do, you have to, do you have to have seen the, the Fire Walk With Me movie before you watch the new series? I'm confused. 
Um, I mean, it's confusing anyway. I feel like you do have to watch series two just because they, they do refer to things in there. And I don't think you need to watch Firewalk Walk With Me at all because I've watched all of that and I still don't really understand what's going on in the new series of Twin Peaks. It is... Nobody does. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty bizarre. Uh, so so when, is your, when did your book come out, uh, Last Days of Jack Sparks? It's been out for a little while, hasn't it? Yeah, it came out last March. Okay. And uh, when it came out, we kind of uh, marketed it as if Jack Sparks had actually existed. And so yeah. there's a website of all his social media posts and all that stuff that you can see. I think it's uh, jacksparks.co.uk. It Pr- is. Pretty meta stuff. It reminded me of uh, the Blair Witch uh, Project's marketing, where um, it, they were put on IMTB as deceased, and that kind of influenced people to watch it, because they were like, these people are dead, we need to watch what happened to them. Um, and that's kind of what you're doing, doing here. I mean, it's no yeah. spoiler to say that Jack Sparks dies in, in your book. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Blair Witch Project, I love that film. I know it really polarizes people, but... Uh, it's what Blair Witch Project was amazing. I, loved, yeah. I loved it. it. It scared the shit out of me at oh, the very God. end. It gave me goosebumps in the theater. It was the first movie in a long time to do that. Yeah, the first time I saw that in the cinema, I was like hyperventilating practically in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Did you think the recent one had as much impact? Or did you see the, the, the remake? Yeah. The, the, the remake of Blair Witch. Did you watch it at all? They made a remake of it? Yeah. <laughs> I did not. I haven't, I haven't seen last it year. Um, it, it's basically them, them, uh, this, the brother of the girl from the first one goes back to try and find her 20 years later because yeah. a video appeared online. Um, it might be her in the background in the forest somewhere. So he goes back with his friends to try and find her and obviously all hell literally breaks loose. Um, and they add a lot to the kind of Blair Witch mythology. They add to her, if it is a her, her powers. Um, and she, it's really interesting. I'm not going to say it's a great movie, but it's very interesting. I'm definitely up for watching it. Yeah. I actually put the... Um because the Blair Witch Project was an influence on the, on the Jack Sparks novel, I actually cast the two directors of the Blair Witch Project in the book as themselves. Wow. So I wrote a scene in which they are in the story, yeah. and then we went, you know, just as a courtesy, we went to them and said, do you mind if we put you in this book? <laughs> and uh, they were so cool. They just said, yeah, that's fine. We just sent them the scene for them to approve, and, you know, they're, uh, Edward Sanchez and Daniel Myrick are in the last days of Jack Sparks. Wow, that's interesting. Because they did make a Blair Witch 2, didn't they? A sequel. Book of Shadows? Yeah. Which wasn't, wasn't too good. We'll, we'll not, not talk, talk about that. It's not a recommendation. Um, <laughs> it had its moments. I think it was pretty good considering it was kind of rushed. Uh, it was rushed for the, the, next, the next year's Halloween slot. It's true, yeah. The director's really good. He's done a lot of things. He did the Paradise Lost documentaries about the... Uh, oh, was that him? Yeah, okay. yeah. Same, same director. And that's why the, that film had kind of a documentary kind of feel with lots of kind of stuff. Nice. Multimedia. Nice. Um, uh, and Wednesday, the, uh, your new album was out in June. So what was it called again? It was called... Condolences. Condolences. And why was it called that? Just, just because it's a kind of a spooky word? Uh, I, well, the first track I wrote off the record was the song Condolences. And uh, it was a busy reflection of just kind of what's been going on. And just, you know, like you said, losing all these 
directors and musicians and just uh, I kept seeing online just everyone going sorry for your loss condolences and I'm like all right let's, let's, there's a there's the course so but uh, but yeah it was just a reflection on that and plus over the years like some of my records are really kind of tongue-in-cheek and campy and this has got more of a darker kind of I don't want to say serious but I guess it's more okay. serious than what it has been in the past and uh, so yeah so it's a, a music video you stand, they're well, not yeah, that serious yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, again I'll never get too serious with it but uh, again compared to the other records it was more of a serious title and stuff like that but uh, but yeah it was just uh, I thought it was a really powerful word the condolences because when you hear it you go oh it's <laughs> no, not good <laughs> I woke up today with your song Rambo in my head yes that's a good way to start any day yes. really, really puts a spring in your step <laughs> <laughs> one of the dumbest songs ever written but I'm pretty proud of it pretty proud of it um, and you're also influenced by uh, well especially in the videos Tim Burton um, and also I can see a kind of a Tim Burton kind of thing going on you could be a character in a Tim Burton movie be awesome. I, I, I almost got to meet Tim Burton. We were coming back from Australia once, and uh, we got through customs, and he was at the baggage claim, and I was like, oh, man, there he is. I got to get a picture. But they lost his bags, and he was so pissed off. I didn't, no one went and talked to him, but uh, he had this cool, like, purple crushed velvet jacket on. Of course on. he did, He yeah. still looked awesome. So, uh, was he dressed like this? Oh, he was totally just dressed like a rock star. It was awesome. Oh, okay. yeah. But he was pissed off because he lost his luggage, so... <laughs> That's awesome. Um, one of your videos is influenced by Dawn of the Dead. Um, one of your first videos from Wednesday 13? Which one? The first video? Which? I think it was uh, Night of the Living oh, Dead. Night of the Living Dead, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, which video did I do? Uh, yeah, that was the first one of my first album, Transylvania. We just basically, uh, like, uh, Night of the Living Dead is like a public domain movie, so we, is, we yeah. bought, like, the uh, footage for, like, I don't know, 100 bucks, nice. and then our director, Paul Brown, edited this into it, so that was a really cool thing. I'd never seen anybody do that before back then. That yeah. was, like, in 2005, and uh, yeah. so it was cool to actually be in, in, that, in that movie. So uh, you, you do see... Um, um, some movies where someone's watching TV, they do go to the same few films all the time, and you do see them watching Night of the Living Dead because they don't have to pay much for it. And in our Cadaverous video, we took another like seven or eight uh, public <laughs> domain movies and put it in with our stuff too. So. <laughs> nice. That's great. Um, and guys, if people want to, we're coming to the end of the podcast, Is there, um, if people wanted to kind of find you and uh, read more about you, what's the best place for them to look? Uh, JasonArnop.com is uh, my cryptic website. You'd, yeah. <laughs> you'd never have guessed that one. And it's also my Twitter handle, Jason Arnop. Uh, those are the best places. Yep. And JackSparks.co.uk. Yeah, JackSparks.co.uk if you want some uh, meta, did it really happen type nonsense. <laughs> And Wednesday? Uh, I'm on all the social media stuff, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, but the website is official, Wednesday13.com, and I'm on Instagram as Mr. Motherfucker, if you want to look that up. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I'm all, all on there. I'm just confusing people with the with my name, Wednesday13, like the day we were trying to get in the hotel, and I'm like, it's on Wednesday13. It's like, but it's not, it's not the 13th today. <laughs> so, so, confusing people, so, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Rhea, where can people find you? Should they want to? I'm Rhea Fend, that's F-E-N-D, um, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, Rhea underscore Fend, and my podcast is called The Lament Configuration, and it's Hellraiser-inspired, and we cover all of the 80s video nasty horror films. Cool. And my name is Jed Shepard. You can find me on Twitter at Jed Shepard, J-E-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. If you like uh, horror, on Tuesday on Fox in America, I've got a film coming out that I wrote called Salt, and it stars Alice Lowe, um, and it's brilliant. And uh, even if you don't watch it, say on Twitter that you really, really loved it, and hashtag salt. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, guys, live at Comic-Con. Really appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.